2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Ray Harkins, back with another week of awesome conversation for you, the casual or fanatic independent music slash culture consumer. Thank you. The guest this week is Mr. Glenn Harvey. He is a drummer for a upcoming band called Mooseblood. This is part of my uh, shedding the spotlight on a band that might not be on your radar yet, but I promise within a year from now, they will be, and they could potentially be your new favorite band. Just going to go ahead and put that out there initially. More on him in a minute. Let's get some business out of the way, and we will, uh, yeah, have a lot of fun. For those of you that have been donating to this show, I cannot thank you enough. I mean, it's unbelievable that people feel the compulsion to be like, hey, here's 20 bucks, here's 100 bucks, here's five bucks, here's two bucks. It does not matter to me. Basically, what it's doing, it's covering the costs. It is paying my producer. It is paying for the microphone that I am talking on. It is paying for the monthly fees it costs me to give this show to you for free. So if you're listening to this and you're just like, you know what? Toss a dollar down. That's great. You're covering yourself and some other people. If you're tossing $5 down, that's like next level. It's incredible. So anyways, donate to the show on the right side of the website, 100 Words Podcast. Do that and it will help out greatly. Two people I want to mention in particular. Robert Castillon, Castileon. I I always will mispronounce last names. That's just a reality. Thank you very much, Robert. I appreciate it. And Tom Catalfamo. I will never pronounce your last name right. But uh, it's cool because when people send in these donations, they also send in like man, there's this awesome band from my local area that I think you need to, you know, check out. And it just kind of gets that conversation started where it's like, normally I may not have ever heard of this particular band or artist or whoever that they're recommending. And again, that is why I do this show, to talk, and interact, and connect. It's so much fun for me. So thank you, you two, for donating. You are awesome. And propertyofzack.com, visit them, our media partners. Something pretty exciting with them coming very soon, within the next month or so. I'm I'm just going to tease it. Just put it out there. Review the show. Go to iTunes, type some sentences, drop some stars. It's been a little slow recently. You know what? I'm disappointed. For those of you that listen to the show regularly, let's do this, okay? Let's review the show. I, I just need that from you, okay? Like I said, it makes the show more legitimate. It pops up the iTunes charts, and yeah, it just helps out tremendously. And then email the show, 100 podcast at gmail.com. I'll respond to you, or actually, I'll say promptly. I'm pretty good about my email. So email, let's hang out and talk. One more thing before I wanted to dive into the conversation with Glenn. You know those people in your life that are just, are, are in it for kind of a fleeting moment. So I'm going to take you back to when I was, uh, gosh, maybe I was 18, 19 years old, can't exactly remember. There was this girl that lived down the street from me. And I don't even know how we met. I think it was one of those things like she was pulling into the neighborhood. I was pulling into the neighborhood. We kind of gave each other like a like a what's up nod. Not like a, hey, you're hot sort of thing. But just like a, oh, you seem to be into some cool stuff. And for whatever reason, her and I started to hang out. Never romantically. Maybe I had a little crush on her. She was a little bit older than me. But she blew my mind. So here I am you know, essentially a punk and hardcore kid. Uh, Honestly, not very cultured. I had exposure through, you know, obviously music and these different political ideas and all that sort of stuff. But what she did, we went to LA one day and she took me to the Museum of Contemporary Art. And there was an artist named Barbara Kruger, who is a world-renowned political artist. Incredible work. She had a display there. Basically, this girl was only in my life for about maybe 6 months and then I, she moved we didn't keep in touch this is pre social network mind you so she introduced me to this amazing artist this amazing museum we also listened to i never listened to bell and sebastian she exposed me to bell and sebastian a lot of other cool indie rock stuff that i just uh, i was becoming Familiar with, via, you know, bands like Texas is the Reason and all those, uh, you know, rev bands that uh, were my gateway into non aggressive music. She popped into my head recently because I saw a Barbara Kruger exhibit elsewhere. These, these impacts that we make on one another's lives. And sometimes we're in a person's life for like a brief moment. But that impact will just resonate in the future and you won't have any idea what will pop up into your head. It's just so cool. And especially when it comes to art and culture, it's like these, these little jumping off points that one person can give you are just so unbelievably special and can just send your life off into some completely different direction that you never would have even thought about. Or it'll just open you up to a new set of experiences, a new set of thoughts, and oh man, it just gets me so excited. I love that I can still experience this and meet new people such as you, the listener, who are recommending cool stuff to me to listen to, to read, or whatever. I just love that. So, you know, don't take those people for granted that kind of, you know, come in and out of your life that introduce you to cool stuff, because ultimately, that's how we build our repertoire of how we deal with the world, of how we understand our place in it, how we relate to one another. It's just, it's incredible. So yeah, thank you, Lauren. I can't even remember her last name. Even more sad. I can't look her up right now to like a thank her. Yeah, Lauren, that's all I got. So anyways, let's talk about Glenn. Glenn is the drummer for this band called Moose Blood. They're from the United Kingdom. They are on a record label called No Sleep Records. They are incredible. It's one of those bands that just I I listened to and immediately fell in love with. It wasn't like, oh, I gotta listen to this like maybe two or three times, but it was just an immediate thing. And so... What I did was, uh, you know, start to listen to them a little bit more and start to get to know the guys as I uh, I do some work with No Sleep Records. And there are certain bands that you just feel like have this interesting kinship where it's like you can tell that they genuinely love one another um, and they genuinely love being creative. And I don't know, it's just it, it made me so inspired to want to speak to Glenn and kind of get the story of himself and, you know, the band and all that sort of stuff. So anyways... Moose is incredible. Glenn is an amazing drummer and a very good human being. So we discuss some cool stuff. Like, even if you don't give a shit about his band or anything like that, we talk about some pretty interesting stuff, like the main differences between the US and the UK. Like there's this huge divide, not only geographically, but in music scenes, in the way that music is perceived. It's super, super interesting. So, anyways, here's my conversation with Glenn. I, I will talk you to you that afterwards. Way. Yeah, obviously, I always start these things off as just, like, my first personal, like, introduction or impression. I don't even remember, I mean, I'm fairly certain that it was Stu who, you know, showed me Moose Blood to begin with. I think just as, like, a, just as a dude to a dude, like, oh, "Oh, I think he'd like this. And it was one of those things where it was, like, there, there are always certain areas of the world that I pay attention to, like, musically, and the UK has always been something that's been, like, because it's just such a weird environment. Yeah it does it like it produces bands that are like you know clearly have no attachment to like a scene but become like a scene band you know and like yeah, are yeah. immediately whatever i've been mean, using a band like bring me the horizon like they obviously have worked for years and years and years to get to where they're at now and they came from a scene but then there's the second and third wave of the the carbon copies of bring me the horizon yeah, that yeah. like i don't know it's just so weird and then it can produce bands like you know like you guys and departures where it's just like there, I mean, even though, you know, Departure's obviously t- technically isn't from, you know, like yeah, that, yeah. but... Close enough, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it was just so, it's always it's always weird to kind of see there's such a, you know, it, for such a small island, yeah, <laughs> how so many weird things can, can, can kind of come out of it. Um, but yeah, so it, I just, whatever, I remember listening to it and it was just like, oh wow, like I didn't know that that style of music had kind of made its way over there, so to speak, and not like yeah. from an American, like... <laughs> being naive about it but just like uh, oh because generally speaking either the UK kind of is out in front of something and they're, you guys are starting something yeah. or it's like you know maybe a year or two behind of what's happening with America. I don't know so is, is it weird for you to kind of like put your your own band's perspective like on a worldwide perspective or is it weird for you to even like compare yourself to other like what's happening in the uk yeah it's weird for everything
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> to even because i remember the first the first ever review we got of like the moving home ep yeah was like uh it said something about the promise ring and i was like jesus like that's amazing that you yeah. even get compared to that because it, it wasn't even in our heads like he texted me like a year before the band started asking if i wanted to play drums in like a tiger still kind of emo band sure of. And I was like, nah, man, I'm really busy, like, doing other stuff. But, like, I don't have time for that. And he waited until I was, like, done with the other bands. He texted me again, dude, start the band with me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so glad that he did that and waited for me. But, um, yeah, and then we started this up. And I think we were always just thinking, like, brand new Take Back Sunday, Tiger Store kind of thing. Right. And obviously we all listened to, like, Knapsack and Mineral and everything like that. And that's the... When we started getting reviews, those were the influences that people were, like, noticing somehow. Right. Somehow through the music. And I was so stoked on that that I didn't even, like... Pick up on it when we we're recording. I was just like, I want to put out a cool like punk rock record, right? And it came yeah. out like everyone was saying '90s emo and stuff like that, and I was like, I'll take it, but right, know. right. You like, like that so was
2: yeah, that wasn't like the initial like approach of what you guys were yeah, yeah. doing. It just kind of came out, yeah, definitely. And yeah, so was I, it, is it is it weird for you to like because you know, obviously like I mean the UK in general, pays, obviously, very close attention to what's happening in North America. But did you... So, we're, I mean, we're, you obviously were aware of all those sort of bands, um, but, I mean, there isn't necessarily, like, too much of a scene in the UK for that type of stuff. It's, like, you guys and, like, maybe a handful of other bands, right? Yeah, it's, it's getting there. Like, yeah. there's, there's a... Well, at the
3: moment, it's... I do mean, are you in that group on Facebook, the, like, that, what was UK emo? Oh, no, yeah. no, it's, no. It's ridiculous. But yeah. it's, it got, like, to a point where they were, like... I don't know, five thousand people in it, and wow. it just became a bit over the top. But um, through that, you know, it's like more and more of the like up and coming bands that you might not have heard of. Um, right. And there's there's a lot going on, especially the DIY side of it. But yeah, for us, it was like when I remember one show when like Annabelle and Dowsing came over, and we got asked to play it, and I was so stoked to be able to play with like bands like that, any bands on like Counting Stars or Top Shelf or anything like that. And, right. Um, so it's always cool to be asked when there's bands that you like that come over to be able to get a chance to play with them and stuff, it's awesome.
2: Right. Um, yeah, you, you, feel, you feel that, like... Because I'm sure, like, regardless of how big the actual show is, you feel like it's a big deal because these bands are over here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's the
3: fact that, especially now as we're, like, getting, I don't know, a bit... We're building up a bit of an audience, like, in especially when we play London, like, it's always good shows there. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing that the bands that are coming over from America are really on... A close level to what we're on and we wouldn't be able to afford to do that yeah. so like, right. knowing that they've done it is like you are losing money on this probably and i really appreciate the fact you've made the effort to come here right. and, like are sleeping on floors every night and stuff like it's ridiculous but yeah it's really cool
2: <laughs> yeah no that's cool i mean it's it, it's cool that you have that perspective because i think a lot of the times i mean i know that i, I mean when i was younger like in bands toured like the concept of touring didn't make any sense to me because like you just feel like oh a band is playing Like, a band's playing down the street for me. You don't really think of, like, what it took to get them there. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) But then it's, like, when you start to put in context of everything, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, especially from, you know, touring the UK where it's like, oh, yeah, flights and, like, how to get around and, like, all these things that once you start to put it together yourself where you're like... I see yeah. how much work this <laughs> is to like get just to get to the show.
3: Yeah, it's like wait, you got into the country with t-shirts and records as well. <laughs> like how did you manage
2: that? Like, totally. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. How did you how did you get that past <laughs> customs? And and can you tell me how to do that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so but you yourself were you you were born and raised in the UK or like what 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 city specifically? I was born in Canterbury, which is where we're
3: based now. Um, okay. And where is that in in relation to, like... Like, it's in Kent, which is, like, just, like, southeast of London. Okay. Um, and I, I was born in Canterbury. I live in home Bay, which is a town just outside of it. It's, like, right on the southeast coast. Okay. So, you have got a nice stony beach there. Yeah, I was going to say, that's
2: it. <laughs> but, you, um, you have the beach to look at, but yeah, not... not to enjoy it at all. <laughs> right, just be like, well, that's... Not only is it freezing cold water, <laughs> yeah. but there's... We have to scale a cliff in order to get down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: But um, yeah, so like everyone else in the band now is always like based in Canterbury. So okay. It's cool to keep that sort of homegrown thing. I really like Canterbury. So it's cool yeah. City.
2: What's what's the, what's the vibe there? I mean, is it, is it is it a big enough town? Is it like a suburb or like what? It's a big enough town. It's like a um, it's got a university, so it's like a oh, like a college okay. town
3: sort of thing. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's weird in terms of music scene because it's it's had a really good scene in the past. Like um, there was there used to be a scout Scowl thing, um, mm-hmm. which think was like a hardcore DIY venue uh, whenever they could hire it out for that and we had like American Nightmare and Converge play there in like the early 2000s and stuff like that Um, and then there was nothing for years and then in like 2010 there was another little boom and like a lot of the UK hardcore bands because it was really a really good scene then um, came through and then we lost that venue they had a dubstep night and something happened, and they got <laughs> shut down. Wow! So, so yeah, fucked up Steph. Yeah, <laughs> you're <laughs> like, god
2: yeah. damn it, those kid, those, those dumb <laughs> kids ruined our shows. Yeah, it sucks.
3: But um, yeah, we can, can be really, really good, and it's good like supportive community there as well.
2: That's cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, because I, I mean, my only it's like my only frame of reference because I've been to the UK like two or three times, but it was like it's like i know brighton and i know they used to do a festival up in in the northern area uh, like i think it was called ghost fest or something oh like. yeah yeah At what least, city would probably be i think so yeah Leagues yeah yeah manchester i think yeah. yeah, just outside Manchester, yeah. I think, yeah, because I remember when we were driving up there, because I was with the Architects guys, we passed by the Manchester United Stadium and uh, yeah. and I was like, oh, that, that's that's a sport that America yeah. doesn't care about. Yeah. I know Manchester United, but I don't know anything about We were flying in on the plane uh, as we were getting into Los
3: Angeles because it was night everything was lit up and yeah. we were just seeing, like baseball stadium after baseball stadium and <laughs> I was like, this is crazy, we have none of
2: those. That's hilarious. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many of these. It seems like every block there's a yeah. baseball stadium. <laughs> we don't have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I never thought about it like that. My frames of, of reference are only like these these random towns and it's like it, everyone to me is so distinctly different. like in' ha- such a
3: small space. Yeah, yeah. and yeah.
2: it's weird because it's like you can travel, whatever. losing Southern California is an example. They're, you know, I mean, LA is one thing, but then it's like, if you travel to Orange County or San Diego, it's like, it all kind of just feels like one big city. Like you can yeah, see yeah. little elements that are different in pockets, but not as much as like what I've experienced in the UK where it's just like, Oh wow, this is really rural and yeah. you know, farming community. And then, but then they have shows here, I guess. Like <laughs> it's weird. I don't know, it but it's just,
3: bit. it's. We were saying the other day as well, cause we've driven around here a little bit just from being at the nice no sleep office and coming up here and stuff. Right. We are saying you can, you can tour the UK in five days if you want to. Right. You come here, like, I can't imagine touring the US. <laughs> it seems insane. Like, we're in the same place still as we were when we got here. And right. we've travelled, like, hours. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah I, I can't grasp how big it is. I <laughs> I'm saying you can literally tour one state in, like, a week here. It seems like we would right. anyway.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, totally. I mean, it's like, yeah, you can do a few shows. You can do, you know, whatever, four shows in California. And then it's like, but, yeah, then, like, dry- some of the most just mind-numbing experiences of driving across like Texas Where like there's you can, nothing to right like, yeah. you can fall asleep and then you can sleep <laughs> for like eight hours and you'll wake up in the same state <laughs> and it's like yeah then we're, we're, you can drive across all of the UK yeah, yeah. and drive into the water for another like three hours <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy yeah it's, it, it, it must it, it must be overwhelming
3: to have that play. yeah like we've done that as well. My, me and Mark are in a band called Take It's like a hardcore band to you talk at departures. okay um, and one of the, we toured with them the last show was in Glasgow where they're from. And we left the show and drove home, which is end to end from like Scotland to right. bottom of England. And we got back at like six in the morning or something, which we is like this is the dumbest thing to do but like we're home now, I just get to go to my bed and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> right, right,
2: right. Yeah. And that's basically what it's like touring America. Yeah. <laughs> So you yeah, with- but that's just
3: to get from venue to venue as I, well. That's, that's true. like, Okay, we need to leave now to get there for like sound check tomorrow. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We got to leave really early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so so okay. The Canterbury is is kind of a college town, and
4: the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small. Like man, that parking space—it's always taken, and I wish that I would be able to like get it. Instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a, a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. No.
2: Do you have brothers and sisters, or what's your family structure I have
3: like? Two brothers, um, both older than me by quite a bit. Um, one of them lives in Scotland. So the whole rest of my family is Scottish. Um, okay. My parents moved down with my two brothers, I think, the year before I was born. Okay. Um, because my dad's work. Okay. and uh yeah my eldest brother Ross lives in Hong Kong at the moment he's like oh, wow. a proper globe drawer he's been everywhere crazy it's like, awesome um, he, what does he do for work to, t- to take some of these places he he used to work in the Hard Rock cafe um oh, he was okay. like fluent in Spanish um and he was picking up uh, Catalan which I think the other language they speak in oh, okay. Barcelona as well and yeah he's he worked in Hard Rock I think in London and then in Barcelona wow then he worked in a hotel out there some five-star hotel and that's how he got his job in Hong Kong I think is through links with that sure sure so that's that's like, he all over yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm pretty envious of him <laughs> um, and then mark lives up in he's uh, a middle brother lives up in scotland with his wife uh they've been there for like a few years now okay. he's just had a baby last year as well how much older are they than you five and seven years I mean, oh okay so yeah
2: so they so were, were you were you a, uh, a a pleasant surprise to your parents like <laughs> were they
3: intending to have three kids i i, I well apparently uh, what was the story my mom really wanted a girl <laughs> But yeah, three
2: boys, she's bummed. Man. <laughs> you were yeah. you were the last chance. Your yeah. mom was like, I would love to have a girl. <laughs> All right, well, we have you, Glenn. Yeah, that was a waste of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it's, I mean, it, I, I it, once you kind of, you know, whatever, once you have a kid on your own, and like you just start to notice the patterns that exist within families where you're just like, Oh, if you see, it's like, whatever, some kids are two years apart, and then it's like, and then if there's like a, you know, like what you're experiencing, where it's yeah, like yeah. a five to seven year gap, you're like, I think I know what the parents did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just start to notice that, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not a bad thing, because it, it, you exist. Yeah, I mean, they fell out with me so as <laughs> <laughs> You just, you just weren't a girl, and that's okay. That is okay. It's it's a 50-50 chance, obviously. Yeah. In growing up, your brothers were kind of already either gone or out of the house, and so, well, not out of the house, but like, you were so far disconnected that you weren't incredibly close with yeah, them? Yeah, or... yeah. My, my oldest
3: brother, Ross, was definitely um, one of those people because he's an MC as well, so he's really into drum and bass and stuff. okay. And he's like... I'm completely out of that world. I don't know anything about it, but I think right. he's quite well like known in that scene. A oh, wow. I've seen like festival flyers where he's quite high up. So he's oh um, really? But literally, I haven't got a clue. But, so, but when you say MC,
2: like a DJ or like like a
3: I don't know like like not, a host or not, something? Not a, not a rapper, but like oh a, you know, okay. with like the drum and bass. Like he's oh okay, yeah. But, um, shows yeah. how much I know about that as well. Yeah, no, same man. <laughs> he's, he's offered me to come to like when he lived in Barcelona, I went out there with my mom to visit. I think I was like 16. Yeah. So like, yeah, you come to the show, man. I was like 21. And I'm like Yeah, you're like I-, I-, I know you can get me in, but it's not going to be fun for me. <laughs> right. This is going to be a little weird. For yeah. Me. I guess when he was like 18 is when I was like um at an age where I would have noticed him being around a lot more, but he was always sleeping through the day, out all night, and I just never really saw him that much. Right, but, um, right, right. It's cool when he cuz obviously now I get to see him whenever he comes back. Cause we get to
2: make the most of hanging out and stuff. Sure. It's all good. Yeah, you get to kind of like <clears throat> it is interesting when you do have that age difference because you you end up connecting later in life mm. because you've both kind of gone on your own ways. Yeah, ne- like neither of you influence each other, but you can kind of come back and like compare notes. Where it's like, wow, we were raised by the same parents, but have like done such completely different random <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. But like,
3: I hear things like my mom will say something every now and then that I'll be like, oh, that's true. I didn't ever, never notice that. And like, it, Ross used to skate all the time, and mm-hmm. I was like, I loved that, and I, I would always just watch him and his friends. And then I started skating because of him. I think. Um, we never skate together, but, right. it was like but yeah, by the time he, he left, I, he was planted, just like, I was like, I'm going to do that. Right, he planted the seed in me. Yeah, yeah. I was like,
2: oh, that was, like, that was, I had fun watching that. Yeah, yeah. That's um, cool.
3: And he had uh, an acoustic guitar as well. I don't remember him ever playing it, but he had an acoustic guitar with a Union Jack painted on the front of it, like an Oasis style. Right, thing. of course. And, uh, and I think I got into Oasis because of my brothers as well, it's probably the only musical link that we have between us, uh-huh. it's just that one band, and that... Got me playing guitar. I learned Wonder Wall was the first thing I ever learned by Oasis. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Oh. yeah. So he had quite a big impact on me without me even realizing it. I think, right. Which
2: yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, going back, to like, you wouldn't have realized it until later in life where you'd be like, oh, I see why. Yeah. Like, I see yeah. why I did that. Yeah. yeah. I see why no one
3: else in my family is into music, but you're an MC. and I'm like, Right. <laughs> maybe right. There's something there. I don't know.
2: And what did, what did your parents do as you were coming up as far as uh, their professions are concerned? Um, my mom,
3: when I was younger, when I was in primary school, was a secretary at the school that i was at
2: oh, okay um and she's a
3: midwife now she went i went to college um and she went to college at the same time she quit a job and went back to college to okay. train to be a uh, midwife okay and uh she works really hard for it and uh, so that's what she's doing now i think she's really happy with that
2: that's okay midwife is a person who helps deliver children correct yes okay just, <laughs> is that different here no 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 i mean no i mean it's just i i don't i don't get the impression i mean does she like work in a hospital or does she do like does oh, she, she does like,
3: like health schools and she works okay in hospital as well yeah she's literally like all over the place she works the hardest that i know anyone to that's work amazing it. yeah
2: yeah because i mean i mean a lot, I, I have no idea in the statistic but it's like most people have kids in the hospital and mm. i know i mean i know that there's a a cottage industry built around people having home births and yeah, having yeah. midwives and stuff yeah. like that but it, i i just it never really occurred to me like you have to go to college for that like <laughs> I, I guess I yeah it's like why would you hire like <laughs> yeah. just a person that says they're a midwife don't like, need a job, man. <laughs> totally I guess I'll be a midwife and it's like well you have to know how to do, like do all the things to deliver a child that's crazy it just never it never even occurred to me it's like oh yeah the people in America probably do that as well, well as your dad uh, my dad I, I still don't really
3: know what he did we, he, we moved down here or they moved down here before I was born because of my dad's work right it was something, I think, to do with insurance and okay. banking and stuff. And True. Um, now he works as a postman. Oh, okay. Um, so um, he's at, like, retiring age roughly now. But, right, um, right. Yeah, he's working as a postman in Canterbury.
2: Um, so yeah. is, is, he, is he the, uh, Is do people, because I always get this, this, this notion of, like, the postman in regards to, like, he knows everyone's name and, and, like, his route and stuff like that. And he's like... I don't know if he's like that or not. I'm right, right, right. right. <laughs> And like I said, it's just it's an old notion of yeah, just like yeah. I maybe just because I love males so much myself and I'm <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know my male woman's name, like you're cool. <laughs> There's a the guy in my records. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm just like, maybe if I know this person they will make sure that yeah. the records get through okay. Maybe that's my logic, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> As you were kind of growing up, like, what did you find yourself, you know, getting into? Like, did you you know, care about school? You got obviously, like you said, skateboarding kind of entered your life later. Yeah, um, yeah. You, um, I think
3: which I was like 13 when I started skating, maybe. Okay. Um,
2: but yeah, I, I didn't get on
3: well at school, really. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I sort of, I think I struggled through. I managed for the most part. But then I remember in the last year of high school, um, they, like, over the announcement speaker thing, they called, like, a bunch of people into the, the main hall for a meeting or whatever. Yeah. And I heard my name, and I was like, what the fuck is this going on? Like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't called, I don't get called out on these things usually, so what's going on? Right. But we went there, and it was like, yeah, so you guys are basically not living up to your potential. Uh-huh. And that's like all they said. I was like, shit. Like, that's not good. And that was it? Uh, they just they, basically called you they, out to encourage you? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they were like, you're going to have like a meeting with the tutor like, once a week uh-huh. to check that you're on track, sort of thing. And I messed that up as well. <laughs> I did pretty badly. Um, but I ended up, I think I got... I wanted to go to college for music because the music teacher, who was amazing, who was at my high school, um, Mm. left the year I would have finished high school to go on to, like, we have sixth one, which is, like, essentially two years of college, but you stay at school to do it. Oh, okay. Um, And I really wanted to do that, and I think three other people signed up to do it, so they canceled the class. Uh, Oh, because there wasn't enough interest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, So I had to stay on to do, um, like, a business course to get the grades to be able to go to college because Uh, I I got really bad grades. Um, Sure. And yeah, I went to do college. Uh, went to college to do music. Um, and met a bunch of
2: cool people there and I think that was when like, Were you, what, what specific, like were you trying to like, because I know there's obviously d- different disciplines within the colleges of music like were yeah, you yeah. wanted to like be a performer like yeah. hey I want to play drums Yes, like, teach- yeah that's okay. what it was in, I think the year before I
3: finished school I started playing drums because I was in a band with Kyle he's in Moose Blood as well um, mm-hmm. and uh, I played guitar and I only have a guitar before that and he played guitar as well and he was like this band needs a drummer I was like, I'll play drums, why not? Like, I like blink too. I like Travis Barker. So I was like, I'll play drums, I'll try and be like him, why not? Right. Um, and it was way more fun. So I just, like, stuck with it. I went to college, literally on the first day of college, they were like, uh, stand up, introduce yourself, and say what you play. Uh, and the whole time, everyone in the class was saying that. I was like, am I going to say guitar or drums? Like, I don't know. I to Oh, damn, to that was like, that's yeah, like yeah, the moment. that was like, yeah. And I was like, and I think maybe six people before me at said guitar I was like I play drums fuck it <laughs> like, I'm yeah. just gonna do it I can be in a band if I do that with these other six people at least right right so um, yeah that was like the moment where I was like I guess I'm gonna do this and, uh, <laughs> that was like the yeah the, you were forced to make the switch like, yeah yeah I was like every- that guy's definitely better at
2: guitar than me so i was gonna play drums <laughs> man that must <laughs> so many thoughts that were swinging around in your head yeah, for that yeah. very moment <laughs> to just be like, oh my gosh, I can play with, ba- I can play in with these other people, but like, yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, uh, so you've all, you've technically only been playing drums for what five or six years now, then? Uh, how long is it? How long am I? Uh, like nine years, I think. oh okay, nine years. Before. Okay, yeah. I'm getting
3: yeah, 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 Um, yeah, different colleges. I know, diff- yeah, <laughs> different, different.
2: I always forget the Yeah, diff- college and university, and <laughs> like you said, music wasn't a very important part of your, your childhood in the sense of, like, your family structure? So like, your parents didn't really yeah, care about parents,
3: it? Yeah, uh, my parents, I think my mum my and dad listened to, like, the Beatles every so often and they sure. had their own, like, records to listen to but it wasn't, like, pushed on me at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember my mum as well actually saying to me when I was in primary school, we had, um, there was a guy who taught piano lessons mm-hmm. and one of my friends always had piano lessons and I would always, bug my parents, like, I really want to learn to play piano, it would be awesome. Yeah. And my dad wanted me to be into sport and I didn't know this, but my mum told me recently actually, um, she was like, we were just sort of waiting for you to get into like football or something, or like soccer. Right, <laughs> right <now>. yeah, footy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, man, dad must have been bummed, because I was just like, I want to play piano the whole time. Wow. I just couldn't get into it at all. And then right. I went to um, the high school, and I think on like the first day back, I was like, yeah, they do guitar lessons. I would love to learn to play guitar. And my mum was like, well, let's just do it, because he's going to bug us if we, if we don't go with this so yeah I owe it to my mom really for, for yeah, 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 but yeah.
2: that's yeah. funny that they were resistant for you wanting to take piano lessons yeah <laughs> like so, so many parents like that's like part and parcel like you have to do that you're just like you you turn you know 10 or 11 and just like oh yeah you have to do a piano lesson like you have to and you were like let me do that and they're like no 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 no, no. you're gonna get into <laughs> yeah. football we're yeah. gonna hold off for the myth. yeah my
3: brothers are really into football so I think that's where, where that came from probably got it but um Yeah, and then after that, I guess I got into, like, Blink-182 and stuff like that when I was, like, 12. Okay. Um, And then it all,
2: like, built up from there. Sure, sure. From what I've noticed in the UK is that, you know, I mean, most of, like, the, the music magazines and obviously the, basically all the press that has circulated around music over there is usually all, like, they're either trying to stir some sort of controversy up. It's always, like, very sensationalistic. Yeah, it's like um, tabloid music magazine. Totally. Yeah. Like, and I mean, even ones that are, like, obviously, like, reputable and huge. Mm. Like, you know, they they do quality work, but the work that they do is focused on that. It, yeah. And I find it so interesting because it's, like, there's very little attention that's actually paid on the music that it's creating. And more so the people that are creating the music, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's just interesting because it's, like... On one hand, that's cool because obviously you get the sort of whole picture of what a band is, but then takes away from like, what would it even sound like? It's definitely weird.
3: Yeah, I saw it the other day. There's a music magazine yeah. who I think Run for Cover do that thing where they give like someone in a band on their label fifty dollars to go out and buy some records. Yes, of course. Right. right. Um, there's a, I think a magazine in the UK gave someone like fifty dollars or a certain amount um, from a band. To go out and buy some clothes and write about it in a magazine. Wow. And, and you just sort of think, it's a music
2: magazine. Right. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. What, shouldn't this be in a fashion magazine? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shouldn't this be somewhere else? Yeah,
3: it's like there's a clear difference there between the Yeah, team. yeah,
2: yeah. And yeah. so you're, so so yeah, you got into Blink, like, were, were you paying attention to, like, everything that was happening in North America, or were there bands in the UK that you were, like, really gravitated to as well? Uh, I don't think there were any bands in the UK, really.
0: Really? Um,
3: I remember, I think one of my first ever cassettes I got was, like, some pop, like, boy band who were from the UK, okay. and that was when I still had, like, my brother's old uh, cassette Walkman. Sure, like, uh, yeah. The foam head. You had a huge yellow <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um... But yeah, and I remember getting, uh, a friend gave me the, all the small things cassette tape single, mm. and I was like, this is amazing. Right. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was that I got into like more and more music like that, but mm. I remember there being, it was like a whole year assembly um, at our school, probably the first week or so that we started in year seven, which is like the first year of secondary school there. Right. Um, and they had bands from the year, years above us playing songs to be like to show what the music department can do and stuff like that at the school <laughs> to try and get you into different things, I suppose. Interesting. And one of them covered Nirvana, was Like Teen Spirit, and it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> like, yeah. a high school rock band covering it was the best thing ever to me, you know? <laughs> like, ridiculous. they're onto something here. Yeah, yeah, this band's got something.
2: <laughs> but, um,
3: yeah, that definitely switched me on to, like, Nirvana, and I got really into the whole grunge thing and uh-huh. all, of, all that other stuff. And there was, there was a music channel... I remember when we got Sky TV because we didn't have it for ages. Um, right. We got Sky TV. There was a music channel called P-Rock, which isn't around anymore. Okay. Um, it was literally around for like two months, then it disappeared, then it came back for a month, then it disappeared again. And it was there were no adverts on it at all. It was just funded by whoever it was behind it. Who right. was like, I want to play Lagwagon, Pennywise. Oh wow! Uh, tsunami Bomb, uh, like Descendants videos. It was like the best punk videos back-to-back back non-stop and i was like this is incredible i literally come home from school put on that tv channel and just watch it yeah, till, like my like, brother kicked me off the tv goes, and, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that definitely had an impact um and then that was around the time of like limewire and stuff <laughs> <laughs> right
2: so yeah you had you had the, you had the ease of access yeah, to where yeah. it's like all i need is a name yeah all I, I need just, is a name <laughs> and some images and then i'm able to kind of like draw it in from there yeah, yeah. <laughs> 'cause yeah I just it's it's always so interesting to me like the different cultures of how they're able to like consume music you know and like how the way that not only their specific towns but their countries you know completely inform you know how it is that they're able to consume you mm-hmm. know music and it's like it's so all that stuff it's like you know whatever i mean Nirvana is like so easily accessible for us here in America but then it's like, you know, you, you had to have a high school. Like, yeah, yeah. And that was like, that was your entry point. It was like, Oh, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know when I would have found out about yeah, that. That would have been weird. <laughs> so that, that, but that wasn't a talent show or anything. That was basically just showing like, it was, what, yeah, it was literally okay. just showing what the school had to offer. And Interesting. Was, I think that must have been when I was like, yeah, I want to play guitar. I want to be, <laughs> be, right. <that> guy. <laughs> um, but that it, it's funny because it's like, I mean, you strike me as a very like soft spoken, like kind of reserved person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's funny that you would immediately, like, were you like that at that age as well? Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Okay, I, pro- I presume even more so back yeah. then. Yeah, this is me out of my shell right now. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you're out of your shell is me defining you as... Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. But, and I always find it interesting when people that are like, you know, I mean, you're an introvert, I, w- I would classify you as. So you're introverted, but you see that and you're like, I want to do that. Yeah. And probably not so much from the, like, maybe I want to be on stage, but the, I just want to create in some capacity. Yeah, definitely. Or what was... I remember actually um, talking about that underachiever thing. Um,
3: yeah. My, one of my tutors saw me, we had like a, every now and then, if it was um, a charity fundraiser day or whatever at school. Oh, okay. We'd have like school concerts and I would always want to be like in one of the bands that played whatever it was. It was always just covers, Blink, and sure. and stuff. But um, yeah, the, the teacher saw me playing that show. And then the show, the, the yeah, of course hall. the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and then the next day was like, because I had real trouble in exams. I would just panic and like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'd stress out over it if I'm staring at a paper. And I know, you just I got shut a down in front of me. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, just Completely shut off. And he's like, I don't know how you have the confidence to get out there and do that on stage in front of hundreds of people because it was a busy hall as well. It's yeah. like most of the school kids would come in. Sure. And uh, and you just panic in exams. And I was like, I don't know, what it is. it's like, there's something different about playing music that it yeah. just takes you away from all that. Right. So I think that was. I found that, and I was like, I want to do this because it's it's just an outlet,
2: to, right? To you, yeah, you feel like you can you can kind of step into this, step into this. I mean, role or I mean, mm. I wouldn't even say character, but like you can step into this and feel comfortable. Yeah, where you wouldn't feel comfortable doing anything like that in any other context of your yeah, life. Yeah. Put me on a stage and somebody to talk, and I'll be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing anything in front of anybody besides <laughs> playing guitar. Like, I wouldn't. I'm not interested. In yeah. That um yeah and i always find people too that it's like especially from like a guitar perspective people have been like you know that's like their shield in a way yeah sure where it's like they feel like just that simple separation (laughs) of like you know whatever four inches of wood (laughs) it's like that's all they need in order to be able to do that did you feel any of that
3: yeah definitely okay um especially like behind a drum kit (laughs) that's true yeah that's (laughs) that's a lot more
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get a lot more in between (laughs) instead of high school you call it primary school or no primary school is like primary school is like elementary okay elementary like first through sixth or first through fifth or something
3: yeah you you finish primary in England at like
2: ten or eleven and then you go into high school or secondary school okay until you're like
3: sixteen, and you can go to college after that. Okay,
2: so sixteen is when you're technically supposed to start going to university or college. Uh, college. It, okay. Yeah, you have
3: to. There's a two year like buffer usually. Okay. That, uh,
2: what you were talking about as far as like,
3: yeah, yeah, okay. either it would be like college or sixth form, and sixth form is literally a college class essentially, but you're staying at your school and you don't have to wear uniform anymore. So <laughs> Interesting. It's it's a bit of a weird system, but um, and so uh,
2: it, when you say you don't have to wear, it, do all high schools have to have uniforms? Yeah. In- really well I don't know that all do but certainly most of them do most of them wow I didn't know that really yeah yeah because I mean primarily here in the states it's usually like private schools or like yeah um, yeah. uh, there, there are things called charter schools over here which are more like very they're public but they're highly focused as far as like you know federal funding and stuff like that so yeah, they yeah. usually wear uniforms but like most public schools like yeah don't have any sort of regulation. So like the
3: you know that like the smart kids over here are probably in uniform is that yeah, it? yeah. no
2: like, it, yeah yeah the, <laughs> yeah the, sm- the smart and or the more like privileged yeah, kids yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. that are going to private school that's interesting so that's, yeah <laughs> that's funny that, especially just because the only reason i mentioned that is because you you said we don't have wear uniforms anymore and i'm sure that's like so many kids They feel that experience of, like, finally I (laughs) get this crappy thing (laughs) off of me. That's hilarious. And so then as you were – as you started to go into, like, secondary, like, did you – did you find anything that you were passionate about beyond like you know music and playing stuff or like did you have any sort of vision on what you want to do besides like the music i mean like was music music was, that was your
3: pretty focus? much it yeah i remember um i got really lucky because like i said we had like the best music teacher on maybe the second year um because we once you get to secondary school you have to start playing like keyboard or piano or whatever just for oh, music classes okay. you have to know like to be able to, get to read through. and yeah, whatever yeah yeah, yeah. um and my music teacher was always really supportive and if you wanted to you could go into the music block on like lunchtime and just mess around with the keyboards and stuff which is you had like the music geeks hanging out there and you yeah. had like whatever other people hanging out it was all clusters of people just Sure. All, uh, yeah I think on the second year I remember um, the headmaster of the school came into our music class and my music teacher was sat at the back talking to him and I was just playing keyboard with everyone else and he pointed me out, and he was like, "Glenn is like very talented." I can't remember what he said, but he was like, "He's got something." And I, I remember hearing it and being like, "Shit, you're talking about me!" Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>
4: like, <laughs> what?
3: Um, and after that, the headmaster granted me a bursary for guitar lessons for an entire year.
0: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of
1: The
4: cat
3: 18 plus so i didn't have to pay for my guitar lessons my parents were stoked and i was just like this is
2: amazing yeah
3: that was when i was like this is like what this is something i would really want to like pursue because it's just it's incredible to play music
2: right right yeah like you you felt something awaken inside of you that was like this is this is what i want to focus on yeah definitely and that's i'm sure it's interesting too because it's like you know most most people especially that obviously end up getting into you know independent music it's like their focus is never on like Oh, I gotta take guitar lessons. Like it's like oh, I just figured it out myself. Yeah, like yeah. I started playing, you know, whatever power chords, and like that's kind of it. Yeah. And so it's funny that you have an intro point being very technically sound. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But I mean, but that that that's the intention. Yeah. Like yeah. you were being raised with that. Yeah. In your mind, without being, you know, I mean, I, I would dare say, like polluted by the idea of like, oh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter that I don't know how to play my instruments. Like Dang at that. the right at the. <laughs> I've never had a drum lesson in my life,
3: because <laughs> uh, I, did, I, I did six years of guitar lessons, right. and when I finished them, I was like, okay, I know some scales, I still don't know how to write a song, because I, for whatever reason, I, I was in bands yeah. throughout school we could cover whatever songs we wanted to. I could learn a song by ear. Sure. I didn't have it in me to write a song. And yeah. it's still now. I, I try every now and then. I've got a few things written that I've, like, sort of kept hold of and, like, I'm right. going <laughs> to put out there. Yeah, you're like, there's a few <laughs> things I have in my yeah. closet. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> They're just for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I couldn't write a song. And um, as soon as I started playing with Kyle and that other band, yeah. I was like drums. You just you just hit stuff. It's mm-hmm. amazing. You just get to hit stuff and it sounds good. Right. Like, I'm gonna do this and yeah. So I've never had a drum lesson Right. just you watching other people and listening to stuff is like I think yeah. So it a just really kind good of yeah. Just felt naturally yeah, natural yeah,
2: to you. I guess what I'm trying to say is the fact that I think it's cool that you didn't have that experience because I do think that there there's something to be said about being good at your instrument. Like and yeah. I, I don't. I think a lot of people, especially like I said, that come from the you know punk and hardcore world. It's just like. Oh, it doesn't fucking matter. like that and and I, I the sentiment I agree with, yeah, but I don't want to witness you doing that when you've been a band for five years and you're just like, you can barely put that together. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. there there's no charm in it anymore. Yeah, it's like you've grown out like, no, you do that when you're like fifteen or fourteen, That's fine, but you know, when you're whatever. 22 years old and you're touring the country and you can be like you don't even want to tune your guitar like no one i mean no one really needs to see that yeah. like you know you're not really contributing anything <laughs> per se to the musical landscape but it's just cool that you had you've had you had to enter it from a different um uh, yeah, yeah. focal point so when did independent music start to kind of you know even swallow you up more as far as like you know going to like shows that weren't concerts and that sort of i think
3: my the first concert um, was Blink 182 and okay. that obviously Blink led on to a lot of other things like um, checking out like Fat Records and the Punkarama compilations and stuff like that yeah, um, yeah my mum and dad drove me up to Wembley Arena with my friends to go and see them um, and I dyed my hair blue for the concert amazing <laughs> because you know Punk Rock of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like in the like seats at the back <laughs> like, right, I was right. so far but away. don't notice it but yeah <laughs> yeah, for sure Um so yeah, that was my first concert, and then after that, I was trying to think the other day because we got asked for that, um, the Humble Beginnings thing, right, what right. my first um, like show was, and I had a really hard time remembering it for that as well. I know there was a there's a local show, um, I don't know if you know a band called November Coming Fire. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they played it the year before I went. I remember um, sitting on the beach in Home Bay with my friend and saying, Oh, there's a show today, Like, we probably should have gone to it, like NCF, like this band. Yeah. Um literally the week after that, I checked them out and I got massively into them and they broke up. Right. And uh, I was gutted. But then I saw them when they got back together a few years later. Um, but yeah, that show was called Friends All Nations. Mm-hmm. And that was literally a DIY, just a guy putting on like a hardcore day. Right. And uh, the lineup for that year was ridiculous. And we went the next year and it was incredible as well. Yeah. Um, and it was just like... Like, a two stops on a train from my house. Oh, wow. And to the venue. And it was it was perfect. There's an all-day, nice weather in Margate, which never happens. It's right. Like, it's just right on the coast. So, yeah, so that was probably my first, like, DIY show. And then after that, one of the bands that played that day were called Attack Wipers. Mm-hmm. who were, like, a hardcore band from the UK. Okay. Um, and they had a song. I don't want to say what it is. I was in a band before. <laughs> that was terrible. It was my first hardcore band. Uh-huh. Um And we named ourselves after a song that they played that okay, day. Yeah. So I was like, this is amazing. Um, of course. And that, was, that definitely led on to, like, everything else that came after that. Okay. So yeah,
2: it was that was a cool cool shade. And so like once you started to get into this stuff, was it a was it difficult for your parents to be like, Oh, like it's great he's into music, but this is some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like because and especially too, because they I'm sure they had an interesting experience with your brother doing a lot of you know stuff that they didn't understand as well yeah yeah definitely um, so like they had it from two completely different angles yeah
3: with with Ross and brother he, it was sort of he just he did his own thing he just disappeared came back in the morning and it was like <laughs> we know that you're having a good time you're like doing whatever you're doing it's fine like, just keep at it sort of thing I remember the first time he was in like a drum and bass like group which I didn't even know was a thing but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they were out in Barcelona and they made a music video and because uh, they were doing quite well and the first time we saw that was just, like, a few years ago when he was living out there. And I think that was, a, like, the moment where me and my parents were just like, oh, okay, this is, like, a legitimate thing. This. Right. <laughs> like, that yeah, yeah.
2: Well, it's funny, that, it's funny that you had that experience, too, where <laughs> yeah. you were just like, oh, yeah, whatever, my brother's dicking around with some stupid <laughs> yeah. stuff. And then you're like, oh! Like, <laughs> other people are finding worth in what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. Um, so you, you had a marriage experience as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely,
3: definitely. Um, but, yeah, with uh, as soon as I got into hardcore, my mom was pretty bummed, I think. It's <laughs> just because, sure. like, it went from... I was like, I would learn like Red Hot Chili Peppers songs on guitar, and she's like, "That's just nice music to listen to." And then it would be like Converge, and like, I don't know whatever. Else it was, I can't remember the first hardcore bands I got into, but yeah, um, just loud stuff that she couldn't make out the words to, and of course. <laughs> she was she was pretty bummed. Right. And uh, every time. My hardcore bands in the past played anywhere locally. Like, if the, if I was stuck on getting a lift there or whatever, they would always help me out, and they're really supportive in that way. Mm-hmm. No chance I would ever come into the venue, though. Oh, I can <laughs> imagine, yeah. They would never do it. But um, this, like, as soon as we started this band, from the get-go, pretty much, they've been like really, really supportive. Um, they're like completely into it. My mum's still, every now and then, is like, I don't understand why Eddie has to shout the lyrics. <laughs> and I'm like, you've heard the bands have been in before. <laughs> like, he's not shouting in this. Right.
2: <laughs> You're like, hey, but- if you're looking at all the stuff I've done, this is by far the <laughs> yeah. least aggressive. Yeah.
3: If any If anything was to be on
2: the radio, it's this. <laughs> as opposed to anything before. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> I presume your first band you, like, didn't... What was the first band that you started to, like, tour with, you know? I mean, when I say tour, it's, like, obviously, like, you you said, you know, play shows outside the... Yeah, yeah. um, It's
3: it's weird in Kent because there's um, so many little local venues that will put on shows for local bands to try and literally get 15 people in for the night to keep the bar open, and... So you can you can survive, not survive, but like, right. but yeah, you, <laughs> you can, can play. You can play, you can play a lot of shows in. Is it, a small It's usually area. it's usually at bars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is um, it? Is it
2: eighteen plus or sixteen plus?
3: Um, it depends it, on the okay. place, but um, most of them are sixteen plus. Okay. Especially because a lot of the bands are sixteen plus at that right. time. Like it was like we started um, bands in college and looking for shows was always like local bars and stuff, and they would just let us play in there for the night and bring a few people in but it was <laughs> right it was never anything great but um the first band like touring wise would be in alaska that was i played bass in that band uh, okay. which was like a hardcore band um it was on fist and yeah records as well oh yeah, yeah sure. um and we toured the uk with a band called n rain uh we put out a split seven inch with them okay and we went to europe with them we did like three dates in europe um, oh, okay. and played with uh, naysayer and full of hell out there as oh well. sure sure. So that was awesome just to be able to go to a different country and play with good bands it was like right. such a treat for us as sure. opposed to playing with like the local bands every week or whatever. sure sure
2: did uh, that kind of did that kind of start opening your eyes up to be like oh wow like this is not only is this cool but like this is so strange being somewhere else like yeah it, that first the first tour we did was the weekender
3: in um it was mostly Germany. I think it was Germany and Belgium. Mm-hmm. And you get treated so much better in Europe than you do in the UK. well. So, like, I don't know what it's like in the States, but... It's we... pretty
2: It's pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess, main, I mean, mainland Europe and, like, Japan and Australia, they completely take care of their bands. I didn't know yeah. the UK was... The like, UK is probably similar to over here, I'm guessing. Yeah. But it's probably maybe a little bit worse. I don't know. I mean, because basically you're just left, like, as a touring band in the States, like, you're just kind of left to your own devices. Yeah. You show up at a place. I think maybe it might be different because
3: of the level we were at. It, like, sort of still didn't matter at that point. But literally, we we got to Germany the first day, and the guy was like, Oh, I've cooked, like, a vegan meal, and this is where you're staying tonight. And we were like, Sweet. (laughs) Like, we didn't know any of this was going to happen. Like, we brought money for food and, like, sleeping bags, and we were expecting to get, like, a hotel or something that we can't afford. Right. So, yeah, that was amazing. The UK, I think, gets better as, like, especially with when american bands come over the promoters uh-huh. obviously know they're making a big effort to come here so they're everyone's willing to help out for stuff like that right
2: as willing to like take care of them more than they would like yeah, yeah definitely just whatever the local band or yeah
3: whatever. yeah definitely
2: you know as as you started to you know kind of move through because i mean it sounds like you played in a million hardcore bands before like quite a few <laughs> and so were you just kind of like like oh we'll get we'll get danny to play yeah like yeah, you're just kind of the default you. dude that yeah. people i think i was,
3: for from when i left school till Probably the start, just before the start of this band, mm-hmm. um, I was always in at least like three bands at one, at one time. Right. And it would be different things. Um, like, I was in a band with Kyle before um, that was like a pop punk kind of thing. We played, we were together for like two or three years, maybe, but, uh-huh. but like barely ever practiced. Wrote an EP that didn't get released and played one show with Basement in Daylight and then broke up. And that was perfect. it. Nailed, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Nailed it. Yeah, it was like all we needed to do. <laughs> like was the perfect thing for us. Right. Um, and then I was in, yeah, a bunch of hardcore bands. Um, my first hardcore band, were absolutely terrible and we did a split CD with Departures and that's how I first, like, met those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually went up to, my brother was living in Scotland at that point, I think it was about 2008, maybe. Okay. Um, I just finished college, I went up to a festival called Tea in the Park, which is like a oh, massive, yeah. huge festival, massive yeah. festival in Scotland. Um, and Departures were playing, I think it was like an introducing stage. Okay. And I got given a little business card type thing that just said Departures for fans of Gallows and like Glass Jewel or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll check them out. And it had their stage time on. I remember um, Trainer, I'm pretty sure they're guitarists. Had bleached blonde hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you listen to this. <laughs> bleached blonde hair. Some sunglasses hanging from his t-shirt, and it was like a bright yellow outbreak shirt with the sleeves cut off. Okay. And I was like, "These guys are cool. <laughs> Straight away. You're like, come on, yeah. come on, yeah." And just hearing Kino shout, and I was just like, "This is perfect. This is like the best band." Um, and then yeah. I went home. And uh, that band that I was in, we're looking to do a split, and I just said to Jamie at Fist Yeah, I was like, "You need to get this band's departures from Scotland," and that's where it all like started with those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's cool that we're like still like best mates with them now. Right, so.
2: right, yeah. That you can still that you can grow in your own personal endeavors, but yeah, like, yeah. still remain close. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, as uh, as I've grown older with like in music, it's like some of the most meaningful things that I've ever created have just all been just relationships, just yeah. the people that it's like. You can not see a person for like a year, but then like jump right back into it and just be like, oh dude, like yeah, it's, yeah, not only is it good to see you, but like, let's do the five minutes of catching up and then, just like, <laughs> and then we're right back into yeah, it. It's great. Yeah, exactly. You're, what I always find interesting too is the way that the impressions that are left, not only like culturally, the way that, you know, maybe you view America, but then also like the music that comes out of America. Like, so what, you know, what, what impressions, like maybe not so much like, what you're experiencing like what your impressions are right now but like what sort of things did you look at where you're just like oh man like Ameri- like american bands are the best like you know what like how did that stuff all kind of sit in your head and like what you know the views of america in general now that you've obviously had some small experience over here yeah um, yeah. i wish we could
3: have gone to a show over here because that would have been really cool to see um yeah. but yeah i think we were we were really stoked on like the whole um philadelphia scene when like mm-hmm. the amount of bands that are popping up from there as well and seeing like, footage, I remember seeing footage from just basement shows and being like, this is incredible. Like, we mm. don't have that back home. Like, maybe there's, like, one or two places in, like, England that can do it. Right. But it's such a rare thing, and it's always just shows for best friends, and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. To see
2: a video, and you're like, oh, that would have been cool. <laughs> so like, that's yeah. interesting. So it's, like, you the, the, the concept of just, like, the... Not so much a show, but just the the intimacy of like playing in a basement and seeing that basically everyone looks like they know each other. Yeah, yeah. It just seems
3: it just seems so fun to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I wish we could do that. Back yeah, then. yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, that's such that's a distinctly East Coast slash Northeast thing. Just yeah. Because, I mean, you know, here in California in the West, we don't have basements, <laughs> like. And if we do have basements, like, you know, the sound ordinances, like, cops come, like, almost yeah. immediately. It's <laughs> like, you can't do house shows here. Like, you can, to a certain extent. Yeah. But, like, you you, you can do one, maybe, under the radar. Where
3: was the, um, oh, what was it, um... Was it? It might have been after Sound and Fury. The there's like a tiger's jaw. Oh, the Ushie tiger's Yep, Yep, yep. That yeah, yeah. was insane. That well, I saw was insane. the video. That, just people on like the garage roof yep. and stuff. Totally. That insane. was just because,
2: and it was insane too because it was just it was like literally word of mouth because yeah. the bands were just like. I think one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever experienced was I mean not only that whole incident but having Carl from Earth Crisis come up to me and be like hey, we just want to play. Like, do you know where to play? And I'm just like, here's this, like, icon for me. Yeah. And I'm looking at him in the eyes, and I'm like, you are, you know, 40-some-odd years old, and you just want to play a fucking yeah. show, and you can't do that, and that's awful. But, yeah, no, and that, that was, I mean, yeah, I, I know that that got shut down pretty quickly. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, bands will play, like, two or three songs or whatever. <laughs> But, uh that's but yeah, cool but yeah, that that, that, like
3: that amazing it's cool
2: <laughs> that that was like that that's the impression that you got where it was like oh wow that's like that's cool that's yeah like what you attach to yeah what about like you know the in, in impressions that you had in regards to like you know the, I mean other certain areas of, of music that you were you know paying attention to that was like oh wow like that's a really important you know what band or like you know area of the country like I just I just I find it so because you're so isolated like, yeah it, <laughs> in so many respects and I find that because of that filter of isolation I find it interesting that people like what people pick out of that you know yeah. especially from a North American perspective yeah it's hard to say really because I think we I'm trying to think
3: of how things came together because obviously as we were getting into music uh, mm-hmm. like me and my friends anyway it was like going from the transition from like MySpace and all mm-hmm. the MySpace bands and you see like the, their top friends and you get into the whoever was in that as yeah well. whoever's in the top eight of yeah, course. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like band camp after that was quite useful being able to look through the tags and stuff on that. Um, sure. But it's it was hard to... I don't know that I specifically would have been paying attention to a certain area or what was coming yeah. out of a certain area or just like taking in literally whatever I could.
2: Right. Like, and that, that's what I find so interesting too because... Well, you, you said you're 24, right? Yeah. And I, I do find like the one... There, there are so many things that... I mean, obviously the internet has done amazing things for music and the you know how easy it is to get your music out there mm. the the thing that i find interesting too is the fact that it's like it's difficult to have a context so it's like you know using you for an example it's like you were popular on band camp looking at tags mm-hmm. and being like oh i like this yeah and like that that is where that's your first input as opposed to um you know other other things where it's like okay you found it's like oh wow like i heard there's a scene in in washington dc or whatever like using these these things you you kind of build a context where it's like oh i see all these other bands are friends or whatever Mm -hmm. like you it's difficult to do that from like a bandcamp page you know yeah yeah, and so it's just interesting that you know you you reviewing it from the lens of like i just want to put as much stuff in my head as possible (laughs) And then I'll figure it out as I'm able to, like, learn more. Yeah, yeah, just piece bits together. You're yeah. Like, oh, wait, they did a split with that band, and I know that band. <laughs> right, 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 right. So a lot of internet sleuthing on their part. A lot of internet sleuthing, yeah. And the last sort of thing I want to hit on was, the, you know, now that now that you you're in a band that obviously is like you said you know kind of you you feel it's more real than anything else you've probably ever done musically yeah um as far as like i'm not real from what you're creating but real as far as like people paying attention to what you're doing Yeah, yeah um is it is it is it weird having all of the those is it weird having people pay attention to you Definitely,
3: yeah, from the start it was. Yeah. So we played our first show in October two thousand twelve. Yeah. Um and then I I went to the last ever basement show, last ever. Yeah, basement. last ever, Last <laughs> um, ever. Uh, like a month after that, and a guy like tapped me on the shoulder at the end and was like, dude, you in you're in that band moose blood? <laughs> I was
2: like,
3: How the fuck? <laughs> like <laughs> what is going on here? He's like, Yeah, man, I just checked out you guys out the other day, I heard like the demo or whatever. It's like right. I'm really into it, like I'm stoked to hear more and I was like, that's ridiculous to me. The fact that straight away like anyone knew who we were it was insane but um it was it's been weird with this band because literally since the start we put the demo up and like after a day i had people who i didn't know like talking to me saying this is something good here like yeah you don't really know how to process that when you've been in a bunch of hardcore bands no one cared about (laughs) right right
2: well i mean it's cool too because i think like just because since you guys aren't 16 or 17 years old. Like I quit it like this. I I look at like, you know, whatever you you look at a person or you look at a band that starts to be successful when they are, you know, whatever, 15, 16, 17, whatever. They're they're still in their teens, their formative years. It's, it's the same concept of like, you know, child actors where it's like, if you're thrust into major stardom, when you're, you know, 10 or 11, you have so many years to kind of navigate the weird alternate universe you live in. And like, you obviously see so many stories of tragedy that happens where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, they die of drug overdose, whatever, when they're like, you know, 22, yeah. because they've been, you know, in the limelight for so long. And so, you know, it, it's interesting to hit it at an age where you're a little bit older. You got your head screwed on a bit more. <laughs> right, right. Do you, do you feel that? Like, you, you feel like maybe it's weird, but you're able to kind of maybe process it easier in a I, way? Or I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's still weird. I remember like following
3: Paramore as they were coming up sort of thing right. and always thinking because... Like, with every new band that would start and would go nowhere, I'd be like, man, Paramore are killing it, and then my age, like, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, really? Then, yeah, it was weird. And then, <laughs> it's one of those things, every single band I've been in, I've been in it because it was what I wanted to do, and, like, the music that I wanted to play and stuff. Yeah. And this time, we started it, it's, me and Carl were in a band before that were doing this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I guess just not as well, we weren't as committed to it. Oh, yeah. Um but we've just had so much more fun with this one and like every offer we get we just say yes to it because why not because we are in a position where we can at the moment like we get offered like odd shows every couple of months at the start and we just say yes to all of them which led to more shows mm-hmm. and just people paying attention and being interested in it was amazing straight away. So I was like I definitely want to put whatever I can into this to see how like how we can get on with it.
2: Right, right. So, yeah. And do you so-, so you still compare yourself to Haley for Paramount? Oh yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just so
3: i mean right now i'm in hollywood so i'm getting close
2: <laughs> right
3: now i made it to california so yeah. I, I
2: must be doing something right. yeah. but i mean it, it is it, you always have those like the the, th- the funny thing i found out that or i look at in regard to success it's so funny because it's like you you once you hit a point where you're like oh my god i, w- I want to do this like i really love to do this yeah and then once you get there and you're just like you you maybe take in like thirty seconds of that moment, <laughs> and then you're like, but I want this next, time. and it doesn't like it's it's the endless str- like it's an endless list of total one upping, <laughs> and and then it's like and then like I said when you do get to that moment it's like it, it is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that work that it takes to get there. It's just like oh 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 cool. All right, well what's next? Like, <laughs> like but but it, you you waited your whole life for that moment yeah, to like play yeah. that one show in front of four hundred people <laughs> yeah. and they're like. That's gone. That's in the rear
3: view. That's literally one of the things that happened last year. So with this band, I've had lists of things I want to do because I remember hearing, uh, and I think it was uh, Evan from Into Over It on an interview somewhere saying about, um, he sets goals for himself and he always tries to do it within like a year or whatever. Whatever whatever he sets out to do, he's going to do it. I was like, that's kind of a cool idea. And I just like set out a bunch of, it was just dumb things. Yeah. I was like... Okay, so, this year for last year, I was like, I want to play a show with Tiger's Jaw. That happened. That okay. was amazing when that happened. Um, I want to play like certain venues, and we played like um, that funeral for friends, we got to do Electric Ballroom. Oh, yeah. The biggest venue I've ever played in. It was ridiculous. Right. Um, And every one of them happened, and I was like, this is insane that this is even a possibility. Right. But that the Tiger's Jaw show, I remember because we got offered one show with them when I heard they were coming over I was like we have to play because one of my old bands was meant to play with them the last time they came over oh, okay. but their, their flight got delayed because it was snowing um, so I'm yeah. bummed they were like one of my favourite bands and they're the yeah. best guys as well um, this time we got offered one show and it was in Glasgow and they could cover like half of our petrol and like, that was it and I said yes yeah, <laughs> so I was like, Doesn't like, matter. Yeah, sure. I was like yeah I'll drive eight hours to play at like 6pm to no one and then drive back home again because we have work the next day <laughs> like right. of course I'll do that And then we got told we weren't allowed to do that because the the funeral tour went through Glasgow like a month later Uh, and we weren't allowed to book, like double book. Right. And then my friend Hannah, who I didn't know at the time, but we're friends now because she's an amazing person, just messaged me and emailed the band. Like, oh, my friends in Tiger's Draw are staying at my house in Canterbury and I want to put on a DIY show in like a practice room. Would you be up for playing? (laughs) <laughs> I stared at the email for like 30 minutes like what the fuck like, like yes we want to do that so yeah. as soon as that happened I was like that's one ticked off the list right that's there. amazing like, it was so per- that was one of the moments where like, like you say like it was almost the opposite of that like where it happens and you just write it off like for like a month after that I was buzzing at the fact that it happened it was right. like that was perfect like yeah, the you were best like, way for it to
2: happen right but, yeah. well that's cool I mean that's good that you, yeah. uh, you were able to like revel in that moment for and sure. be like oh, yeah, it's a great thing that we got to, <laughs> yeah. that I got to experience that and yeah, like, yeah 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 like that's not going to happen again
3: so I that like, like, it did <laughs>
2: <laughs> the fact that it did is incredible yeah well then what uh, the what are the what are the next tick marks for you then personally
3: one of them for this year was just to record an album so right now it's getting ticked off yes. <laughs> yeah I'm, yeah, it's ridiculous how well this is going together and stuff like I'm so stoked to get this out yeah um uh, I don't want to say a copy of this. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's some good ones though. <laughs> okay. Are you, if, if we come back here at some point, another one's getting ticked okay, up. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there, there's the obvious ones, but I'm sure there's the ones that you want to keep close to your best Yeah, yeah. Playing.
3: One of them was playing with Brand New, and um, there was a, a festival, like an all-day attack thing in the UK called Hit the Deck. Oh yeah. That Brand New played, and a bunch of my friends' bands played it, and we were here, so we couldn't. And I was like. Uh, to be fair, I'm here, so it's okay. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good trade-off. It's, yeah, it's not like I'm working or anything and I can't do it. So yeah, it's a good trade-off. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, playing with Brand New is definitely on the list because they're like all of our favorite bands, really in the band. Yeah. That would be incredible.
2: That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you hanging out and yeah, doing thanks, this. Man. And Of course, dude. It was, <laughs> it was fun. I, I I could not turn out an opportunity <laughs> to have you on this. Be, being as you were a fan of the podcast before, I'm yeah. just like, oh, you're here. This is perfect. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, man. There we go. There's Glenn, like I said, just just a nice guy. Super chill, just it was a very nice conversation. We had that actually at their recording studio when they were over here in the States and that was a few months ago, but uh, I had to get him on tape. And so I apologize if the audio quality is a little weird because obviously there is like a, I think there's a refrigerator in the room. There was maybe some guitar work going on. So, you know, recording studios are busy. But anyways, the producer for the show, as always, with me forever. He is never leaving my side, Tom Bridgefield. And visit propertyofzack.com. Visit 100wordspodcast.com. So here, you want another tease? I'll tease you. This upcoming week. Is an artist, a tattoo artist named Dave Quiggle. He has done artwork for a million different bands. He's also tattooed probably a lot of your friends. Super interesting conversation. Let me put it this way he was scared to do the podcast. Pretty crazy, right? So, anyways, next week is him. Let's meet up there then. I don't know why I'm being so dramatic. (laughs) Until next week, be safe, everybody.